to the podcast, Friendswood ISD's latest and possibly craziest endeavor to date. Why a podcast? Just one more way we can bring you news. So many people love podcasts and we thought, why not? So here we are. My name is Dana Owen. I'm the Executive Director of Communications along with Communications Specialist Kelsey Goals. And today we are so excited. We are with Superintendent Thad J. Roar. I feel like there should be like applause or something there, like some music or something. Welcome, Thad. Hello. Good to be with you all this afternoon in this new environment here. Excited. Thank you. Thanks for taking time out of your day. I know that you're a very busy man right now. Lots going on. Will you tell everyone what the J stands for? I've actually had people ask me that question. Sure. Uh, J stands for Joseph. Uh, Joseph is my dad's name. And so I was named after my dad. That's nice. Okay, there you go, people. You know what the J stands for now. We want to talk to you about some timely back-to-school information. Some of this content for our listeners may be interesting, and some may not. Hey, that's the beauty of a podcast. Feel free to zip past the topics that are not of interest and listen to those that are. Today's topics, however, will include bond and tax rate, health mitigation protocols, big school initiatives for 21-22, and upcoming events right around the corner that we want you to know about. So Thad, what topic do you want to start with today? Well, let's start with bond, bond and the tax rate. And there's lots of information out there for everyone to see. Boy, I'd really point you to our website and that bond website. We have renderings of, mm-hmm. of our new facilities and videos. some videos that run run through and you get to get to see what those things look like. And we're we're coming down to some construction level documents. So those will be updated. I think they've done some finishes. So they'll see oh, like some colors. colors. Yeah. yeah. Mm. They're, they're, we're moving on to that, that next. And is that just mainly for Klein right now? Or is that for even the auditorium? And yeah, the they gym? did Klein this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next set of renderings, when those come through, I think we have a workshop coming up that we'll be looking at those, but we'll update those. And they'll have that on there. And the high school is Friday. They start picking those those things on Friday of, wow. this, of this week. That is exciting. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, really the bond is in a lot of ways moving from, you know, videos and and things, you know, things we send out online to some, some action mm-hmm. uh, right now. You're aware you've sent out this week, I think, uh, some social media about an auction on the houses that are over Mustang and Pride. I guess that's what it what that is. Mm-hmm. Those those houses that six we houses. own. Yeah, six houses that we own. That is uh, an auction company is auctioning off the things who uh, things inside those houses. So our listeners, you know, if they they're interested in that. I'm sure the website link's probably on there and they can pull that up, Lemons Auctions, and, and, and look at those items. There's going to be a day where they can go actually look at them physically, but mm-hmm. the stuff's online with the, with the tags on it. Some nice things. So, yeah, I think that actually went live, and I think it closes August 19th, if I remember that correctly, but that's a great time that I can give our social media pages a plug. So if you're not following FISD, Friendswood ISD on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We would love for you to join us uh, there. And we just, that's really where we share a lot of information. I will say, however, there are parents that are not on social media and we honor that and we understand that. And we send you um, emails and newsletters and um, keep everyone updated, whether you're on social media or not. So so first thing you're going to see, and I, I can't remember the exact date of this. I want to say, you know, the end of August, first part of September 
is, you know, demolition of those homes that are, that are over there by the natatorium on that same, that same plot of property and the moving of the tennis court. So last Mm -hmm. night the board approved a package to basically uh, demo those homes, take care of the, you know, clean the side off and uh, build the tennis courts, the true tennis courts, the lighting to be able to have kids play tennis. And then from that, what will happen next will be the demo of the existing tennis courts. And we'll start that auditorium, new gymnasium parking lot area where that soccer field is. And so, you know, high school is going to have construction going Mm -hmm. on this year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to be something that we're going to have to work together. All of us on, you know, having construction. It's been a long time since our high school kids have had to deal with construction on campus. Yeah. And so the, I guess the good thing about this first phase is that it won't really be inside the campus it's going to be outside the campus so you know classrooms and class spaces won't really be affected immediately the next phase is where it's going to get sketchy Mm -hmm. because we're moving into the the old auditorium to build the new engineering spaces a new band hall the new choir room and so then now we're moving kids around we're going to different places on the campuses the new uh, culinary which is going to be an amazing you know amazing space uh, where the current theater and, and black box are, and then at the end of the hallway. So we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that maybe sometime ahead, uh, let people know about that. But So that's what's ahead. So we're going to see bulldozers here pretty soon mm-hmm. up, at, up at the high school. And then, you know, as we bid out the new Klein, which is out on West Ranch, the property that's out there, you know, I understand the, the lakes. Uh, what is it that, what's that new road that's joined between oh. um, Friendswood Lakes Boulevard yes. is open now. So, yeah. so people can drive down that to see. That's right. They can see the property. To see that space and, and some of those new homes coming in in Avalon that are going to be, you know, new students in Friendswood. And then we'll start on that. You know, that's a clean space. We haven't gone out to bid for that. Uh, I think that's in the January timeframe that we'll be, we'll be doing that. Um, and we'll be moving, but still right now we're, you know, we're shooting for the fall of 2023 to open the front doors of all those facilities and would love the auditorium to be in the spring of 2023, which would be, you know, kind of the year school year before the fall mm-hmm. timeframe. Right. Love to have something held in that auditorium for the first time. As you were talking through all those different um, spaces, I, I literally can picture the renderings of each one of those spaces. So if you have not gone online to look at those pictures, you will be amazed and you will be so excited just for our community. Even if you don't have kids that go there, if they've graduated like like our kids have, um, you'll just be so excited for those kids that will get to experience that space because it's it's really state of the art. And, and then just, you know, last night, our CFO, Amber Petrie, uh, presented to us a proposed tax rate. So it's not passed yet. That's going to come at the end of August. That'll be the official, <clears throat> excuse me, got a frog in my throat for some reason. Uh, that'll be the official rate. But uh, the great news from that last night was, you know, as we start our citizen advisory committee, you, you have to make a lot of guesses for a bond on what it's going to cost your taxpayers. Right. You have to... You have to make a guess the cost of materials, inflation, the property values, which is a real key component of that, and an interest rate. 
And uh, we started out, you know, somewhere in the 10 cents additional taxes. So Dana, you live in Friendswood, you would pay an additional 10 cents on every hundred dollars of value of your home. Um, and so we got to make a promise to our taxpayers when they make a vote of what we think it might be. And then, you know, worked our way down to the vote time of an eight cent, you know, uh, tax rate. Uh, and then down, you know, projections to five cents as we sold those bonds. We had an all time record low, you know, rate of interest. Just everything came together at the right time. We were the first school district to sell bonds after the pandemic. And, uh, and now, you know, as property values have grown in Friendswood, which the school district does anything to do with the property values, that's the mm-hmm. taxing entity. But because of the value of property growth, the, the additional, you know, we can see businesses and new homes popping up all the way across Friendswood. You know, the tax rate last night was actually, is actually, you know, $1.23, which is a de- decrease of two cents from what you paid for your home last year in terms of taxes. So, $128 million for a two cent decrease in the tax rate. You can't, I mean, you can't That's ask amazing. for more. Can't, you can't beat that. And part of that comes from, part of that comes from uh, property tax um, relief from house bill three, you know? Uh, so our maintenance and operation rate, what we pay the bills with has gone down and we've had a very minimal increase in the, interest and sinking fund rate or, or basically our mortgage, you know, Mm -hmm. for what our, what we owe, um, for what we've, what we've built. And so when you combine those together, it's two cents decrease. So that's huge. Uh, that's really a celebration. As you talk to those numbers, I I do get nervous about all of these, the costs and the guessing of the costs all went on before COVID. So we don't think that that's going to impact at this time, we don't think that's going to impact our... Well, um, well right now, and, and everyone listening who's building anything knows the skyrocketing values yeah. of steel really is a, a big thing. And also just the, the lag time mm-hmm. on on all those things. But, you know, our, our architect firm that we work with, uh, they factor in inflation, you know, when they mm. when they make those guesses. And you're really when you're projecting out a bond, you're trying to make your best guess at what, what's the steel going to cost in four years. And they were, I guess, insightful enough to be able to, though a pandemic hadn't hit yet, they're insightful enough to think about the inflation rate. And right now, and that could change, but right now we're on budget for, for what we are expecting as we go out to, to bid and may need to make some changes just because of the lag time on some supplies. But, you know, that's, that's further ahead. But, you know, at this time, not to say it's not a worry, right? but at this time we're, we're, we're going in the right direction. That is very good news. That's exciting. Um, I know the next topic may not be something that you're as excited to talk about um, health mitigation protocols, um, you've been talking and thinking, and we've—I guess—we all have. If you've been in education, that has been a, a topic of conversation for the last several years now. Um, the board passed our health mitigation protocols uh, Monday night at the board meeting, and we had parents there wanting to discuss some pretty hot topics. And I thought for our listeners, we would go through some of those questions. So, those of you that were not there at the board meeting uh, Monday night, you could. Um, 
here's some answers from Mr. Rohr on what those questions were and, and why we made the decisions that we made. So uh, let's start with masks. There are plenty of parents, or there are parents saying that all kids should wear masks right now. And um, what's your response to that? You know, it, I think most people know the governor's order. There's a governor's order for public schools that uh, you cannot mandate masks, um, that it's the choice of, of the wearer or the family, what, what they wear, if, if they wear a mask or not. And, and right now, you know, the they're in a um, summer session again. You know, they've called a special session. And, and you know, one of the items on that, agenda is to continue that and to make that point uh, that that mask mandate, you know, for optional masks remains. So we'll be watching that closely to see what, you know, what comes out of that. So that's first and foremost is, you know, the belief that we should follow a governor's order. And there's some who don't, you know, Dallas, I think today, was it today? Uh, Dallas ISD chose to go a different direction and HISD, I believe has a board meeting coming up two of the larger school districts in our state and there's some you know fines and some different repercussions and i'm sure they'll have to figure out what those are but uh you know a, a governor's order for for us is something you follow and uh you know disobedience to that isn't something just in you know talking with with our board members and and our team you know as a whole that we would you know, surrounding school districts that, 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 that we would continue to do that and then do the things we know how to do best to, to try and protect our kids. And then, you know, mandated masks versus optional, you know, I think one thing that's important to talk about in a fear, I, I know as a dad, if I wanted my son Reed to wear a mask, you know, one of my fears, and I hear it articulated in emails and, and different things is, they're going to be bullied. They're going to be made fun of mm -hmm. if they have a mask, you know, and, um, you know, we're going to support, you know, that's one of the things I feel like our teachers and, and probably, you know, where it, where it hits home the most is our younger kids, you know, our, our, our kids who aren't able to vaccinate and parents want them to wear masks, uh, that, that teachers support that, you know, and, there's good lines of communication with, with teachers about that, you know, wanting a, a student to wear a mask. And so, you know, I, we had a, we had a convocation, all of our, our, everybody came back yesterday, mm -hmm. teachers came back yesterday. And so we had 700, you know, plus people and it was a great morning to be able to get together. And, you know, before that we sent out and said, you know, there's going to be people with masks on, those who choose not to, and we're going to support each other in that. We're going to not be weird about it. You know, that the, the focus is being together. The focus is coming back to do what we feel passionate and called to do, and that's educate kids. Whether what you have on your face or not isn't going to be the issue. We're, I'm not going to have the, the issues with that. That's the hope that we, we have, and so... With our parents, I can understand. I, I, I can feel that too. Um, and as a kid walking in and, and my mom tells me I got to wear a mask and other kids aren't. But, you know, that's the, I guess it's the great part, but the hard part of parenting is, you know, sitting on the bed and saying, here's what we 
here's what we believe is best and here's why we believe it's best and and we can stand stand on on those things and then expect the support of the school district that they're going to support that that you're obviously from anybody who's an FISD employee it's not going to be an issue mm-hmm. um, and that they're going to support any kind of you know other kids taunting or I, I don't know what the right word would be uh, to be able to do that and you know, if, if I want my teachers, you know, I want Reed's teacher to know that it's important for me, for him to wear a mask, you know, just to make that communication. And, uh, like other things, who's going to pick them up after school or, you know, it makes me as a teacher aware of it. I can't guarantee that they're going to wear it all the time when they're out on the, in recess or when they go to the bathroom, but it's going to put a trigger in my mind that that's important. And so, you know, that might help me when I see it not on say, Hey, Dana, you know, did you want to get your mask on? Teachers are experts at oh, they are. wording that they are. I'm not. They, they sure are. And yeah. one thing we know is as educators, which that and I both are is, um, we love kids and we just want kids back in school, whether right. they're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Vaccine, no vaccine mask are, are not mask. You know, we know from what we've lived through for the past two years that having kids in school, how important that is for just them as individuals. We've seen the negative side of that, whether you're looking at, you know, reading, reading scores or whether you're looking at the social emotional side of it, or just what we know best about kids. You know, we've, we've, we've learned that. Um, The other thing we know too, from last year, you know, we were walking into last year, very same question. All kids won't wear masks, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was mandated at the time, right. you know, I don't know that we, I know I, I was ne- amazed. I never had a like, um, kid discipline issue of refusal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there were some, you know, teachers who maybe didn't do as great a job of making sure it was policed as others that we had to work with a little bit, but the kids didn't. They didn't, they wanted to be in school and they just did it. Even the little guys, you know, and so that, sweet. Just that, watching that, that was the amazing part yeah. to me, yeah. you know? And so I don't guess it would be any different, you know, that there would be some with and some without, but mom said I should wear a mask and, you know, we're going to honor that with each other. Right. So let's move on virtual school. That was a topic. Um, tell us why Friendswood ISD has chosen not to, offer virtual school for parents? So that was a, you know, a long process through last year, having lived through 2019, the start of 2020, uh, of making that decision. And at the time we, we made that decision there, the, I believe it was in May, uh, a May board meeting where we, we had worked with our teams, um, looked at what our community wishes were, uh, as we went through the year and we, um, made the decision, the board made the decision to not offer virtual. And then we, we sent out a survey. We sent out a survey to parents who said they had health conditions and that that might not be doable, I guess, for lack of a better word. And we came back with, uh, there was a total of 18 18, I think total who, when we, when we got down to the medical side and then we, 
We called those individual parents at the time and talked about what accommodations, what could we do? And when it was all said and done, you know, I think a few might have self-selected to not enroll. Uh, I don't have the exact, and then, then, you know, the majority, almost all of them were, are, were enrolled for this year. Um, and conditions have changed, you know, conditions have changed since that time in terms of a virtual, but, you know, as we learned in 2019, virtual is not something you just spin around on and start. And, and the other thing that we have different right now is that, you know, the legislature doesn't fund virtual learning. Um, so the approximately 85, 8,600 dollars per student that you get if a student if you offer a virtual program then you uh you don't receive funding for them to be able to pay teachers and pay for the lights and and mostly you know 85 percent of our costs is personnel costs and it it costs you it you you need more people to offer virtual learning in the right way um so that's where we that's where we are right now is is sitting in the midst you know in the midst of that and there are some schools that are offering virtual you see some school districts offering virtual and and part of it is you know the federal government put out the um uh, emer- elementary secondary um school recovery act federal funds uh for all your low ses students so you got paid um, an amount to help close the learning gap. And I would say the majority of those are using, and they have significant, significant amount of funds for that. And they're using that to defer the cost of losing students for that. I mean, that's my, that's my theory. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how else you would do it where we're using our, our limited funds because of our smaller numbers of low SES kids mm-hmm for personnel to help close the learning gap. So we have coaches, we have interventionists, we have counselors to work for the SEL to try and address what we see as learning gaps for that. And that, you know, that cost of that money is something that, you know, together as a team working with different groups, you know, was like, that's what we need to be. That's what, that's, that's, that's what we need to do. Mm which we're going to be talking about that a little bit uh, later whenever we talk about our initiatives. Um, so contact tracing, how will we know if someone in our class has a positive case? If, you know, contact tracing is going to be done where every positive case is going to be turned into the Galveston County Health Department. We've been in communication with them. Uh, JT Patton is our new executive director of safety and operations. And, uh, he everything funnels through him to the to the health department he has a contact our nurses send in you know if dana owen got co you know learned we, we, you were a positive case that would go into the galveston county health department immediately and they'd have their database of of information um and you know if they saw a a, a cluster or multiple cases then we're we're working closely with them on their medical decisions as a health department on you know, what do we need to do? Do we need to quarantine a group of kids? Do we need to quarantine, you know, a school, a, a class? And, and what they, you know, what they would come back with would be what we'd have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we would, we would need to move forward with that. Um, but in terms of how would I know, you know, in the K through five, in the elementaries, um, we're going to, this, the, the campus will communicate. So, you know, Dana, if you're in Mrs. Jones's class, 
and there's a positive case in Mrs. Jones' class, your your mom's going to receive, your parents going to receive a notification that there's a uh, positive case from the teacher from the from the teacher from the campus. There's a positive case in Mrs. Jones's class of a student or staff member. Monitor your you know monitor your health conditions mm-hmm. and and uh, take appropriate actions. So you know the way TEA and our health protocols uh, you know allow parents to to be the ones to make that decision based on you know what we've done before. And I think our overall message, we should probably put a banner up in our schools and fly it over them with an airplane is, if you're sick, don't come to school. Don't come to school. Mm -hmm. And it's excused. If you decide that, it's an excused absence. You know, um, it's excused for positives, obviously. It's excused for close and personal, if that's your decision. Um, If you're, we're going to do away with perfect attendance, so that's not a, you know, a need. Um, We'll, we'll have, uh, you know, at the secondary level, exemptions are a big deal, as you know, to high school kids. And so that attendance requirement won't be part of that so that it won't affect, you know, exemptions, which is a big deal to them. So we've we've removed that, uh, I guess, hurdle for, for students who, you know, who are home. And then, you know, staff, the way we'll, we'll be doing contact tracing is they'll maybe be making contact with, you know, our executive director and with, and or with their school nurse. And so those situations are all different, you know, and, and in terms of what do you do? Have you been vaccinated? Have you not? Have you, you know, is it in your home? Is it, you know, and, and then those that will be applied. So you talked about elementary, but you didn't talk about junior high and high school. So So junior high and high school with, and I think I mentioned this before, just the, the mobility of all these kids, seven, you know, seven different classes moving around, going to, going through the hallways, going to the library, athletics, athletics, mm-hmm. band, you know, things that kids didn't get to do. And it take an eighth grader, an eighth grader didn't get to do that their sixth grade year and was limited at the beginning of their seventh grade year. And so, uh, they're going to be in that situation. It's really hard to say who's close and personal and who isn't, but we want to be, you know, we wanted a way for parents and decided to, you know, we wanted a way for parents to know, well, how many cases are there? And, and so we'll have a tracker for all, all campuses for the district. That'll show you here's a number of students positive. Here's a number of staff positive. Here's the total number, you know, that are, are positive at, at the school. And, uh, so you'll be able to see and know. And then you would be contacted by either a Galveston County health official or, you know, it could possibly, I guess, be a school nurse or somebody to, if if in that contact tracing through the health department, that that that, that comes up. Otherwise, it's going to be the parents monitoring their kids' conditions, knowing what they know about COVID, looking at the track, you know, we're asking people to self-screen. Right. We, we, we all know what the self-screener is. You know, we filled it out last year as best we could when we remembered. Um, and so those same, those same things will apply. So that's what we, that's what we ask. So elementary school, you'll be hearing from the class specifically that there's a class case, junior high, high school, you'll be hearing more of how many cases are on that campus? You'll go look for yourself. So we'll, we'll make sure that link's accessible, obviously. You yeah, know, it's on our website. It's on our website. Mm-hmm. Campus beyond, you know, we'll want to put it on campus websites. So, mm-hmm. you know, once we start next Tuesday, that will be live and, and rolling. 
and, and I was that that'll be updated regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know this better than anybody else because you were the one that sent the yes. notifications last year. Yes, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how those are can be staggered, or you can get them that exact same day, or how that information you know comes comes down because. I mean, the truth is last year, all along, we, we were doing what we're doing this year. We relied on parents, you know, to tell us, that's right. You know, when did symptoms start? Who, who have they been around, uh, um, to make those. So that data, you know, we, we get calls, Hey, you haven't updated it. You're, this is inaccurate. Well, that data comes in, in a staggered format, kind of like Galveston County health department does, you know, you've, you've all of a sudden you see the spike go up and you're like, man, in one day they, but it might be a couple of days of data or positives that finally come in. So it gives a general trend for us to know and for our parents community to know what's going on. That if there's one thing that I know about you, I know that changes drive you crazy. There are so many changes, but I guess talk to parents about why there have been so many changes and, um, you know, how our decisions are based on so many other entities um, changing their information. Then we have to, go and change ours. And I know it drives you crazy. So yeah, change is really hard because you're in this no man's land, um, of wanting to get information out to parents because they, they need it to make decisions. They work, uh, childcare. I mean, in fact, even as, you know, am I going to come to, am I going to come to school or not? You know, that's a real decision. Some parents are having to make right now. And and sometimes those COVID protocols are the driver of, of that for some, for, for a few, you know, small group. But so you feel the pressure of like, I need to tell them right away. You know, I need to let them know right now, as soon as I can, I need to get ahead of it. And so, you know, you, you've seen it. We've, we've sent them out. It drives you crazy. I drive yeah. you crazy with this. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what it really is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're the one that's driven crazy because I'll say, well, let's put, let's, you know, well, let's put this out. And you're like, man, do we know everything yet? And, and it's six, one half dozen, the other. So, you know, we've always kind of leaned on the communication side of it. Um, sometimes maybe it feels like to parents when we're holding back, Part of the reason is why is is we're waiting for something yeah. to come. We don't you know, know and I'll give you an example. Uh, last year, the Department of Health and Human Services, all they did was keep track of cases. We we sent information into them, and they sent us numbers. Well, this year they're really the ones that came back with the rule, if you will, for uh, the positive cases of having to quarantine positive cases and. TEA picked that up. Well, we, we didn't hear from them last year at all in terms of this is the ruling. So the rules came, you know, to them. That was the first we'd seen. Everything came from TEA mm-hmm. uh, or recommendations. So you got, you know, you got recommendations from CDC, recommendations from Galveston County Health Department, recommendations from the Department of Health and Human Services, recommendations from TEA, recommendations from Harris County, who's not in our county, but friends with part of the county. So it's, that's what makes it hard. And, yeah. you know, yep. maybe as a parent, I would say, well, tough, that's part of what you do, you know, and it is. Yeah, right. It is. But that's why. Doesn't make it easy. It may change. Right. We may send something out new next week, you know, before we start school mm-hmm. uh, based on some type of change um, that comes probably more likely a mandate of some kind, you know, right. from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, 
just a change in the situation, you know, a change in how things are going or, you know, uh, where normal isn't part of, you know, we talked about this at convocation. Normal is a word we're going to have to have to strike from our dictionary. Yeah, what is normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to thrive outside of normal. And, uh, and we can do that in Friendswood. I, I, I really feel like we can. That's one thing that I know we've talked about so many times is that we just want to make sure that we that we say and stress is how great our parents are. Oh man. And how great our community is and how great our board is and it's like everyone truly works together. And I think part of that is that that they they know your heart, they know um that you have a heart for kids and a heart for families and that you're trustworthy. I mean, truly. So we love our parents. Yeah. Well, I don't know about all that, but what I do know is, uh, you know, we had that slogan last year and really it's kind of on, you know, together we are mighty and, you know, but we had tremendous success last year mm-hmm. as a school district, you know, tremendous, maybe one of our most successful school years ever. And I've been, I, I went around kind of on bond visits to a lot of schools and, um, you know, saw great things happening in our schools, which, which you see all the time, but it's because of our parent, you know, our parents are amazing and, and they're supportive and, um, you know, we have differing opinions and not scared of different, you know, people having a different opinion, but what we don't want is criticism of that you know, want to just listen to it and be part of it. If we could, if we could do that together, we'd be a a different city. And I think we are in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. because of that is, is trying to pull in the same direction and trying to understand the viewpoint of, of each other for the, the good of a five-year-old coming to school for the very first time to learn how to read and to, to start. There's nothing, you know, you've been with me on the first day of school Uh, I can't wait next Tuesday, get on the bus and ride that first ride and get off at Westwood. And this year we'll get to see the moms all crying when they take their kindergartners in. (laughs) the dads act like they're not crying, but they really are being one. I know. I mean, that's what face masks are not in that situation. That's what's special, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, excited to be back be back together and, and doing that it's right around the corner it is well, let's talk initiatives real quick and then after initiatives we're gonna uh talk about some important events that are coming up right around the corner and then we'll close out standard-based learning um talk to us give us a quick blurb about what standard-based learning is and why parents should be excited about it well man we could do an hour of this we could do one whole podcast on maybe and maybe we should I think we will. but Quickly, you know, I'll just start with a question. You know, what's a grade? What's 87 mean mm. to you, Dana, for Cade, your son, you know, in third grade? I would have grade. been very excited about 87 <laughs> <laughs> for Cade always. Yeah. We have two boys at the 87. <laughs> we would party, wouldn't we? That's right. Yes. So, uh, but what did it say to us? I mean, for us, we just went, right. well, right. good. He didn't tell us yeah, what yeah, he knew or didn't know. Didn't, right. Right. And so it really is driven out of our strategic plan, goal number two, uh, um, redefining success in terms of help us know <clears throat> what what Cade and what Reed, what standards have they met? And 
there may be some that they haven't met, but what have they grown on? You know, uh, um, star is just a one-time autopsy. It's like flying a plane with one needle, you know? And so standards-based grading learning makes, makes assessment more. I was over at Klein today and they were, they were talking about this very thing, a more formative way of looking at our kids to uh, address areas of, of strength and areas where growth needs to happen and to celebrate, maybe celebrate growth. And so kind of bottom line right now, we have a, a pilot group of second grade teachers at both campuses that are piloting standards base and um, helping us work through that. Boy, you, if I, you'd, it, you're, it'd be great to be in one of those classes because you'll get to be part of that. But if you're not, you're not learning something different. You're not experiencing not different something curriculum. different mm-hmm. in the classroom. When I walk between the two, you know, go from a standards based room into a, you know, a more traditional grading room, uh, you know, the activities should look, what, what they're doing should look like goal six, authentic things that, that we're working individually with kids. But it's just learning how to assess it, report it, give feedback on it a little bit differently. And then as we learn about that, we'll roll that up into full second grade and then into third grade. And then at the high school and junior high level, you know, a standards-based approach to learning would be, um, you know, not just being defined by a grade, being defined more by mastery. And that can look a whole different ways. And they're at the level where they can, can do that a little bit easier. And so it's freeing up grading policies not to be, you know, you have to have 10 grades within this time frame, And so, you know, for us as parents who grew up in a traditional grading system, that might freak us out a little bit because we're used to seeing where's the Friday folder with all the grades in it. That helps me know what the numbers are versus the question of really what, what have you learned, mm-hmm. you know, and from five to 18, that's, that's the question. And so, it's not just happening at the elementary level. It's happening all the way up in, in a lot of different exciting ways for kids to, to monitor their own learning or maybe even be ungraded in some things and looking at mastery uh, of, of what they know, you know. And I, I do know that's that's one of the things, Kelsey and I, um, that we're going to be doing this year is we're going to be in and out of those classrooms. So we're going to be bringing you um, videos, pictures, articles, just information on what that looks like, what it's looking like for the student, for the parents. So you'll be hearing um, a lot more about standard-based learning and grading um, as the year goes on. So we're excited to talk to you about that and share more information about that with you. Instructional coaching, that's something that um, we've also started this year and that FISD just kicked off. Right. And, you know, instructional coaching isn't anything new and innovative. A lot of school districts have coaches uh, but as we looked at our, at our, our, our strategic plan, looking at specifically at goal number three and, um, being able to support, uh, learning in a new way have, you know, really dedicated the funds to be able to have math coaches at each campus, uh, two, you know, instructional coaches at the junior high. Um, we, we had literacy coaches at the elementaries and, and then our, um, you know, our specialists really are coaches at the high school and they've been there, but a, a different focus on supporting of teachers uh, from that standpoint. And so we're really excited about these folks and what they're going to do and our principals beliefs around those and setting them up for success. 
So, you know, if I'm a parent coming into a, you know, a school, let's say you're coming in to, to help with some reading or volunteer in some way, you know, to see a coach walk into a room, they might be doing a, you know, a coaching cycle where, you know, I'm asking someone to come in and help coach me, look, what, see what I do, help me to, help me to improve my craft and, um, and, and in turn improve student learning. So, uh, we're excited about that kicking off. And I think Kelsey, Kelsey doesn't have a microphone in front, in front of her right now, but she just um, actually did a video on instructional coaching. I just saw it. I saw it over at Klein. Very, very good job, Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be pushing that out um, pretty soon so parents can just learn a little bit more information about that. So we have some exciting things coming up. Um, Under the Oaks this Thursday, August 12th, 7 p.m., Great community fellowship. What else? Anything uh, else you want to say about that? It's a tradition. You know, you got to come. Uh, I've met some great new families at this event. It is under the oaks where our original school building, you know, going back 80 mm-hmm. plus years. 82. Uh, this is our 82nd year. 82 years mm-hmm. uh, of friends with schools. So it's starting back under this. And really, it's just a time to get together. We're going to have kids do things. We're going to have some of our high school kids there, drumline and wranglerettes. There's going to be some cool merchandise. I'll invite, I've invited, you know, principals and some of those key directors who, you know, you maybe you haven't met, got a chance to talk to Wendy McAshlin at Winsong mm-hmm. or Ryan Cop, the new principal at Bales, yes. or everyone wants to talk to Dana Drew at some point in time. Sure. He's, he's always entertaining, you know, uh, <laughs> Um, about whatever it is you want, they'll be there and we'll point them out to you and you have a chance to talk to them or, you know, Dean Lewis with transportation or JT will be there to talk about COVID protocols if you want. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah. Under the Oaks is one of those events that people, when they're leaving and it's over, they literally look at me and say, this was awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. It's just a great fellowship. It is good. Great. You know, it makes you want to live in Friendswood for sure. First day of school, Tuesday, August 17th. I mean, come on. What what else can we say about that? That's no, going to... No better day. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait. It's exciting. Mustang Senior Citizens Coffee Talk. Uh, Mr. War so excited about this. August 31st. We realized, I, I just want to start off by saying that we realized... Thad was meeting with our museum ladies. We have a great museum and he meets with them and talks to them about their year and what they have coming up. And one of those ladies looked at us and said, we passed a bond. (laughs) And I about fell out of my Uh, chair because I thought everyone was sick of hearing about bond stuff, but we kind of live in our own fishbowl sometimes because we talk about it all the time. And we just send stuff out to our, you know, skyward groups of of parents and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, some of them don't have Facebook. Right. And so we realized we were really missing yeah. a, a, a demographic. So we're excited about meeting with our our um, Mustang senior citizens that are 65 and older. We're going to be giving them. Oh, they're going to want to be there. A we, gold card. Yes. And we just have a whole new, I mean, it's a true, true gold card with a Mustang on it that will get them into anything. Yes. I mean, anything. Even the musical. Even I hear. the musical. I confirmed that today. Yes. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, they're, they're such a key part of our community and oftentimes, you know, we miss them. So I'd love to have them come drink coffee with us and we're going to run through some of the similar things we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and answer their questions and get to meet them and uh, just have fun together. 
State of the District, September 7th. Mr. Rohr has given his first State of the District. Just the Chamber is hosting this at New Hope, and it'll be an opportunity for you to just kind of share all the great things that are going on in our district. Right. going to be, again, it's going to be a great time talking about our, our new legacy of learning. And, uh, you know, we just want people to walk away who don't really get a chance to maybe be on our schools or hear much about our schools and say, I'm just really proud of what, what's going on in our school district and, you know, the great things that our teachers and our, our kids are doing and the direction that we're headed. Well, I tell you what, I'm, before we end, I'm going to ask one question because um, it's something that I want to do in every podcast that we hold. We're gonna, we are going to talk about so many different topics this year that I'm so excited about. Um, but before I, I do that, I just want to say that if you have, um, if you listen to this podcast, if you have any questions, if you have any topics that you want us to cover, email me, Dana Owen. It's Owen at FISDK12.net. I would love to hear from you. Um, but before we wrap it up, I just want to ask one question, which I'm going to ask everybody this question. This is how I'm going to end the podcast is tell us one thing that you know for sure. One thing I know for sure. Something I know for sure is that Friendswood ISD is a place that has been called to be different and has been called to do special things in our world. I, I just feel sure that that's true. Um, I feel sure that I'm blessed to be a part of that, as are you, as are Kelsey, as are all those 700 people that are there, that it isn't just a school district that's there for 12 years for kids to, to walk through, that there's bigger things going on in this place than that. You know, we've had that term out of the blue that that when they go out, they do special things in the cubicles or the police cars or in the military or wherever it is that they're going to be, that it's it's different. And I'm sure of it. Awesome. We are so excited. You were our first podcast. I know. We, wow. we, we did it. It was a long time. This is kind of funny for me because you're always like, we need to be short. We need to be to the point. And <laughs> I walked in here and you said, we're just going to talk for yep. an hour or whatever it is. I couldn't believe it. I know. Let's visit. But it was awesome. Good. Thank you so much, sir. All we right, appreciate thank you. your time. Thank you.